Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Uh, I wouldn't be so fat if I was taller. I'd be skinny. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Well, God is great and greatly to be praised. I feel something in here today. Praise the name of the Lord. I feel, I feel something awesome in here today. I'm not, they asked me for a list of scriptures. I said, I got a bunch of them. And I said, the problem is I don't know which direction I'm going to go. <laughs> if you got a bunch of them, you just go any direction. <laughs> uh, but it's all good because it's the Word of God, and the Word of God is a seed. Thank God. And, and there's life in the Word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. So we're glad to, we're thankful for the goodness of the Lord. I've got, uh, I've got uh, a real love and appreciation for the Word of God. And uh, I, uh, I had uh, about 4 o'clock this morning, <laughs> the Lord showed up. Wednesday night I told the pastor, I said, you better be praying because everything I've been asked the Lord, I'm getting a blank. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm thankful for the goodness of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I, did, I told the brother, I didn't have a title for this, but boy, these singers up here, there's a, there's a, I, I can't remember all them words, but there's a few of them that just jump out at me. And uh, one, there are three words jumped out in that one song, he's for you. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to title this, he's for you. <laughs> Praise God. I tell you what, we're living in some perilous times, and there's a spirit in this world that would like you to think he's not for you, but he is for you. I don't care how dark your night is or how bad it is, he's for you. Praise God. Let me just read those verses of Scripture that I gave the brother back there before service. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1, praise the Lord. It said, therefore we ought, we ought to give a more earnest heed to those things which we have seen and heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the words spoken by angels were steadfast, and every transgression and disobedient receive a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great of salvation, which at first began to be spoken of the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Then in Hebrews 10 and verse 28 said, He that despiseth Moses' law died without mercy. Under two or three witnesses. Wasn't a lot of mercy there, was there? And then in verse, the next verse said, Of how much more sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God? I don't know about you, but this is some powerful word of God. It's a message to us. It said, And hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Praise God. Then in verse 35 of that same chapter in Hebrews chapter 10, which hath great recompense, he said, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. 
Don't take it lightly. Thank God, take it seriously. Thank God, he's saying here, how much sure, sure punishment shall ye be thought worth, thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace, like they just turned their back on grace. Now, I don't know about you. I'm going to let you be seated. We'll just go with that, okay? We've already been talking to the Lord for here for quite a while, and we're going to be talking to him throughout this service, and, and not only that, we're going to be talking to him when we're going home. Thank God. I go to bed talking to him. I walk through the day talking to him. I get up, go to bed talking to him, and I get up talking to him. And believe it or not, once in a while, he'll talk back to me. Ah, uh, hallelujah. You know, it's, it's bad when you get old because you can't hear, but I want to tell you, that doesn't affect your spiritual sensors. They got when you tune in to him and you open your heart and your mind and your soul, thank God, God will show up. I said, God will show up. He's, he, he's in here right now. I said, you can believe it. He's in here right now. And he's looking for somebody right now that will open up their heart and their spirit that really needs something. He's here right now. Oh, hallelujah. He's an awesome God. I can remember as a young boy sitting on a pew, going to church, listening to the teachers teach, and the song leader sang. And they would get up and they would sing about the power of the blood. And they would sing about an old rugged cross. And I was sitting on that pew wondering what in the world are they talking about? Thank God. What do they mean about the power of the blood? What do they mean about the old rugged cross? The fact is, it's not the wooden cross that gets the job done. It's the one hanging on that cross. Hallelujah. I said, it's the one hanging on that cross. Thank God. That's the one we worship, and that's the one we praise. And when we lift him up, he comes into our midst. Yeah, I listen to the, I listen to the, uh, different ones in the, as they preach, and they talk about the cross, but they don't want to talk about the one that hung on the cross. <laughs> and I used to sit there as a young boy, and I wonder what in the world are they talking about? Hallelujah. When I get reading about these characters in the Word of God and I find out the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul had an awesome experience with God. And I like talking about Paul because Paul was a scallywag. Paul was a man that persecuted the church. He's a man that persecuted Christians. He had him put in prison. He was one that gave consent to Stephen's death. And God, he was a man that was all messed up until suddenly, all of a sudden, in the ninth chapter of Acts, God came across his path. No matter how messed up you are today, no matter where you're at, up here between your ears, in your mind, and in your heart, if you'll open it up, I'm going to tell you something, that God hadn't changed. The Bible said in Hebrews 13, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What's the problem? It's a matter of opening up your heart and your soul and your spirit to God. It's saying, listen, God, I take off all the calluses. I take the cha I take off all the veneer, and I open up my heart to you. Praise the name of the Lord. 
It was Paul that said to the, he, the, to the Corinthian church, he said in chapter 15 and verse 10, he said, for he said, by grace of God, he said, I am what I am for his grace, he said, was bestowed upon me, was not bestowed upon me in vain. <laughs> Hallelujah, God's come across my path and it wasn't in vain. Why? Because he opened up his heart. If you read that ninth chapter, he cried out to the Lord and said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus. He said, whom thou persecutest. And Paul saw, his name was Saul in that ninth chapter. And he said to the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's all he's asking. He's asking an individual to open up their heart and say, God, when Paul said that, he was really saying, not my will, Lord, but thine be done. Hey, God, let your will be formed in me. Let your will happen in me. Hey, God, and Paul said, uh, he said that his grace was extended to him, and he said it wasn't in vain. I want to tell you something. You open up your heart, it'll not be in vain. And I promise you that God will not disappoint you. I said he'll not disappoint you. He'll make you, he'll, he'll make you happy. They got our past does not have to dictate our future. And God, I said it doesn't have to dictate your future. Your past may have your life messed up. You may have walked in here today and you're having problems, but it doesn't have to dictate what's going to happen tomorrow. You know why? Because he doesn't just own your past. He owns your future. Oh, it doesn't have to do that. Paul had that divine experience on the road to Damascus. Thank God that brought him down to a place of repentance. It brought him down to a place of redemption. It brought him down to a place of restoration. He was out of harmony with God, and God brought him back. You think... You think that you have problems? And God, Paul had a whole suitcase full of problems. And God, but all of a sudden, God began to straighten his life out. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul went on to preach to these Corinthians. He said, I want you to know something. Now, he could say this because he'd had an experience with God. He'd walk with God. There's people can tell you things in here today, and it's real, and it's, and it's live. Thank God. And Paul said, I want you to know something. He said, I want you to know that the unrighteous are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. In chapter 6 and verse 9, and he said this. He said, be not deceived. He said, don't be deceived. There's a world out there that's being deceived every day and every hour. They think they can get by God. And Paul's saying, listen, the unrighteous are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. He said, don't be deceived. He said, the fornicators and the idolaters and the adulterers and the, and the adulterers, the feminine. And he said, the thieves and the covenants and the drunkards and the revilers and the extortioners shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He said, if you want to get rid of all that mess, 
you've got to repent. You've got to build an altar. You've got to listen to God. You've got to submit yourself. You've got to surrender your all. Hallelujah. That's what you've got to do. Because in the next verse, in verse 11, Paul said, such were some of you. Thank God, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How? By the Spirit of our God. Oh, you stopped all of those things because you buried that. You died in an altar of repentance. You got in the watery grave and you buried them sins and you rise in newness of life. Oh, hallelujah. By the spirit of our God. Hallelujah. There's a multitude of people that can testify to that inside this building right now. That when you went down in that grave and you come up out of it. When God filled your vessel with the Holy Ghost, it transformed your life. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful I wouldn't trade what I got for what they got. You got something that money can't buy. You can try to purchase it. You can give all the money you want. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, it doesn't cost you anything, but it cost Jesus Christ everything. And because it cost him everything, it's going to cost you to surrender your heart to him. It's called humility. It's called submission. It's called self-denial. It's called surrender. Hey, God, when you pour your heart out to him and say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about an awesome God tonight that's inside, or this afternoon that's inside this place. Hey, God, that's looking for a hungry heart that he can feel, a hungry heart that will surrender, a hungry heart that will say, Lord, I need you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I know it sounds crazy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul said in the first chapter of Corinthians in verse 18, he said it like this. He said the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. That's that's how they think about that. It's foolishness unto them. But he said unto us who are saved, he said it's the power of God. Hallelujah. I said it's the power of God. Hallelujah. You can't buy it with money. Hallelujah. But because of you, he said, you that are saved... Oh, hallelujah. You tasted of the good word of God and the power of the world to come. Hallelujah. And you understand it's going to be your ticket out of this world. Paul said if any man has been buried with Christ, they're going to rise in newness of life. Oh, he's talking about being buried in water, in baptism. He said, if you've been buried in the likeness of Christ, he said, you're also going to be in the likeness of his resurrection. (laughs) Oh, he said to the world, hallelujah, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. But unto us, he said, it's the power of God. Hallelujah, do you feel that way about God today? 
Hey, God, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people don't feel that way about God. They don't feel that way about God. It doesn't mean too much. They don't realize the value of the treasure that they got a hold of. They don't realize, thank God, the power that they got a hold of. I'm talking about a power that's going to transform you from the earthly to the heavenly. Thank God, it's going to transform you, thank God, out of this world. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Paul said it like this in Thessalonians. He said the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Hallelujah. And then he said this. He said, then they which are alive and remain, he said, are going to be caught up together in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's coming a day. Hallelujah. I said, there's coming a day. Thank God when this life is going to end. Do you know what this life's all about? It's a preparing place for that that is to come. Thank God life itself is a sifting thing, friend. And you're either going to make it or you're going to fail. That's why the word of God said that this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Thank God your faith keeps you holding on when everything around you is falling apart. Uh, we're like that old them apostles that were on that ship and the water was getting inside of it and Jesus, he, he woke him up and said, care not, we perish. Thank God, you care about that? Thank God. What they didn't realize, they got it wasn't going to sink as long as he's on board. <laughs> oh, he said, oh, you have little faith. Hallelujah. You know, son, I'll tell you something. Your faith is that scarlet cord that you better hold on to. Hallelujah. That little woman over there that knew that uh, God had given the children of Israel the land of Canaan. They'd already, she'd already seen. And she got those, those spies, those men of God that went over in Canaan's land to spy it out. Thank God she had enough about her to realize that God had his hand upon God, on his people. Hallelujah. You know what they told her? said, listen, you just, you just throw that cord out the window. Hallelujah, you're going to be spared. I want to tell you something. You want to hold on to God. That, that little scarlet cord. Thank God the world is saying it's not worth anything. It doesn't matter to anything. Oh, but the word of God said it like this in Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7. He said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the, before the world unto our glory. I don't know if you're getting that. Let me just read that again. Paul said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Not everybody gets it. Not everybody understands it. He said, which God ordained before the world. Hallelujah. He said he did it unto our glory. In other words, he did it for our benefit. Hallelujah. We said this, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you realize what you've got a hold of? 
Do you realize if you understand what the mystery is about? Hell, I might just teach on that next Sunday, brother. I may just finish teaching that Bible study that Sunday morning about the unsearchable riches of Christ. Hey, God, I don't know if you understand what you've got a hold of, but I'm telling you, you've got a hold of something that's priceless. Oh, I said you've got a hold of something that's priceless. Hallelujah. Because the Bible said, if the princes of this world had known. But the problem was the mystery wasn't revealed to them. Hallelujah. It wasn't revealed to them. Oh, hallelujah. Luke said it like this. He said that Jesus Christ came into the world. Hallelujah. To save those that are lost. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm glad he did. I'm glad he seen this old country boy that there was a nobody going nowhere. And all of a sudden he got a hold of hearts and began to lead us and guide us and direct us from one point to another until finally we got to somewhere where somebody preached Jesus and somebody preached baptism and somebody preached the Holy Ghost. You know, when, when the Holy Ghost came into my heart, it came into my life, I want to tell you something. All of those songs and all those messages about the old rugged, the one who hung on the rugged cross and the power of his blood begin to come alive. I begin to see it in a different light. I begin to experience it in a different dimension. I understood Uh, a little bit more about what the power of the blood is. Oh, do you know you can't even be saved without the blood of Jesus Christ on your life? Do you know that you don't even have a covering without the blood of Jesus Christ in your life? You better believe it. I'm telling you, I won't have time to get through all this. And I'm telling you, you've got to have the blood of Jesus Christ on your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is for you. He's not against you. He's for you. I don't care how dark it is and how things are going wrong. He's for you. And you've got to grind that. And you've got to, you've got to, you've got to brand that in your spirit and in your soul. And no matter what the world says, you've got to hold on to it. The Bible said that, that Jesus Christ became a high priest of good things to come. Hallelujah. He become a high priest of good things to come. Hallelujah. The Bible said he was the one who took the blood of the bulls and goats. Think of the high priest and the ashes of heifers and sprinkling it upon the unclean. Why? To the sanctifying. Think of those and purifying of the flesh. That's what they did under the law. But I'm glad he didn't stop there. Hallelujah. That next verse said in verse 14, he said, how much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ through 
through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Oh, hallelujah. How much more? How much more? How much more? Thank God. How much more? The blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit has offered himself without spot to God. Oh, and purge your conscience from dead works. Oh, no matter what you did. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, thank God he shed his blood. He came to take, I ain't got time to go through it all. But I want to tell you something. You get over that tonight, the 10th chapter of Hebrews. Thank God he, he took the place of all the goats and the heifers. Thank God he took the place. Thank God of the ashes that was been sprinkled. How much more shall his blood cleanse us? Oh, you don't have to be ashamed of Jesus. Because he's not ashamed of his church. <laughs> he bought it with his own blood. I want you to think about this just for a moment. The word of God said you're bought with a price. If you come to Jesus, you're bought with a price. And yet he paid that price at Calvary. And the Bible said you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God. How? In your body and in your spirit, which is God. God's. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Everything, listen to me. Everything about you represents God. In your body, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Everything. I will tell you, sometimes we come up short on that. Sometimes we, we, people stumble and fall. Sometimes they mess up. Hallelujah. But the word of God made adequate preparation, thank God, to the one that wouldn't quit, to the one that wouldn't stop, to the one that wouldn't stay down. Thank God John said it like this. He said, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What happens if you don't confess? You don't get forgiveness. What happens? That's why repentance is so important. If you want to get cleansing, it ain't hard to say I'm sorry. It's not hard to say you're sorry. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a blessing to be able to come clean with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us, and I'm looking for it. I thought I had it wrote down somewhere. And I do have it wrote down. I just got so many notes I can't find it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you anyway where you can look it up for your own. How's that? Hallelujah. The Bible said, Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Godly sorrow. Not sorry that you got caught sinning, but you're sorry that you sinned against God. But he said, listen to this. That's not the end of the verse. The rest of that verse says, the sorrow of the, wor of the world worketh death. In other words, that's separation from God. 
Hallelujah. And God, doesn't, God understands that. He knows when somebody comes to an altar repentance, he knows if it's crocodile tears, if it's just you're trying to impress somebody, or if you're really sincere from your heart, God knows. And the truth is you do too. <laughs> oh, I said you do too. You know, when you're, when you're honest with God, hallelujah, and you know when you're, when you're pleasing him. Do you know, the, you know, you can't be honest with God if you can't be honest with yourself. When I came to God, I knew I was lost. I thought I was a pretty good old boy. I'm talking about myself. Until I walked into a Pentecost church where people were worshiping God. They, they had tears running down their eyes, cheeks. Young people had their hands up in the air. People were worshiping God. And in that atmosphere, God spoke to me. You got to understand, I didn't have the Holy Ghost. I didn't know anything about Jesus' name, baptism. But I heard a voice speak to me just as plain as somebody stood right before me. And this is what the Lord said. And I've told you this before, but I hope you ground it in your spirit. The Lord said, you don't have all you need. <laughs> I thought that was strange when God said that to me. But you see, God sees something about you that you don't even see about yourself. Maybe it was my pride. I didn't want nobody seeing me praying, and I didn't want to see nobody see me crying. But God knew I wanted to live for him. But God knew I wanted to serve him. And God just said, listen, I don't want all this stuff to be a coming, a stumbling block to you. I don't want it to get in your pathway. You need to understand you don't have all you need. I'll tell you what a real friend is. It's somebody that will look you in the face and tell you the truth. <laughs> you know, that's love. Do you know we hear a lot about love? But you know one of the fruits of the Spirit is temperance? <laughs> Sometimes that's the way parents are. They love their children with temperance. Oh, so you know what the Word of God said? That God chastises those whom he loves. And he chastises you. You can just say, hey, listen, God, I want to thank you for that. I needed that. I want that. I want to be saved. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible said it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. Wherefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Whew. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, aren't you thankful that God thought enough of us? He cared enough about us. He, he created a body. Way back here, the prophet spoke about it. Hallelujah. Isaiah 7 and verse 14 said, told us that a child was going to be born, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. 
Hallelujah. You go to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, and the angel shows up on Mary and Joseph's doorstep and said, she's going to be found with a child. She's going to have a child, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Verse 21, 22, hallelujah. And all this was done that the scripture might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, he said, he said, behold, thank God he said a child is going to be born. Thank God a, a, a woman is going to have a child and it's going to be born. He said, thou, you're going to call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Whew. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about what God did for you, what he did for me. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I'm going to take the place of bulls and goats. The word of God said in Romans 5 and 6, he said, when we were yet without strength in due time, he said, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He said, scarcely for a righteous man, one would dare die. But he said, pre-adventure, he said, for a good man, one would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. We had nothing to give him. Oh, hallelujah. We had nothing to give him. Hallelujah. There was nothing that we could give him while we were yet sinners. Hallelujah. Just think about that today. Today. Thank God you didn't have anything to offer him. There was nothing that you could give him that was good enough. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, he did it for you. That's why John could say that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, hallelujah, whosoever, thank God. He didn't say what nationality. He didn't say anything about whether you're good or you're bad. He said whosoever. He said whosoever. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, now you got to get this, that believeth in him should not perish. You ever notice that little word should in there? That means it'd be foolish for you to perish because of what God did for you. That's what he's saying. Hallelujah. It would be foolish. Thank God. God loved you so much. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. That wasn't why he came. He said he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Oh, hallelujah. That's why he came. He did it for you. He wanted you to be saved. But notice what he said in the next verse. He said, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not. What do you mean? He that believeth not is condemned already. You don't have to do all these other things. You're already condemned. The only escape you have is to turn your faith and your confidence toward Calvary to the one that hung on that old rugged cross. Thank God. The one that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. I want you to get this. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Oh, hallelujah. Do you get that? They're condemned because they don't believe in Jesus' name. 
They don't believe in the only name under heaven, get among men, whereby we must be saved. Acts 4 and 12. They don't believe that it's necessary to go down in water in the name of Jesus. They don't believe in him. He said, they're condemned already because they hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God was sending a message, thank God, of his unconditional love. Thank God he was sending a message, thank God, of love that was telling the world, thank God, I love you, I care about you. He was telling them, thank God, that I'm giving you an open door. Hallelujah, I'm opening a door for you. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Paul said it like this, blotting out the handwriting and the ordinances that were against us and contrary took us to, to us. He said he took it out of the way, Colossians 2.14, and he nailed it to a cross. Oh, I said he took all those handwritings and those ordinances. What he's saying, I took the evidence away so the devil can't condemn you. The devil can't condemn you. And I nailed it to a cross. You don't have to live in condemnation. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't get too excited. I read in the book where Jesus, scribes and the Pharisees, I thought you were going to get on this one. Scribes and the Pharisees, they took a woman before Jesus. They caught her in the very act of adultery. Hallelujah. They thought that they would condemn her. And she'd be stoned. He wanted to know what Jesus thought about it. You know what he did? He just ignored them. He kneeled down and he wrote in the sand. He said, he that's without sin, let him cast the first stone. The word of God said one of them heard it. He moved out of the way. He started leaving the building. He started leaving. It wasn't long. The rest of them followed. Jesus looked up and said to this woman and he said, where are thine accusers? She said, I don't have any. And then he said, neither do I condemn thee. But he didn't stop there. He said to her, he said, you go and you sin no more. You stop sinning. You straighten your life out. He was showing her mercy. He was giving her an open door. He was giving her an opportunity. Hallelujah. How many times has God crossed people's pathway and he give them an opportunity and they just walked on the spirit of grace. And God, they just turned their back on it and walked away. You know the scary thing about that is the next time they come back, that arm may not be extended to them. We have no promise of tomorrow. <laughs> Well, I'm fixing to close it down here. I'm not through, but we're, I just feel like we just need to all stand together. I think we just, we got a lot to praise him for. Oh, you can thank him for his grace and for his mercy. You can thank him for his long suffering. You can thank him for the blood he shed on Calvary. Thank God you can thank him. Thank God for that strong arm that picked you up out of the gutter and turned you around. Thank God. I want to tell you, when that spirit gets a hold of us, thank God anything can happen in your midst. you're having physical problems or, or what. Thank God, I don't care if you've got mental problems 
a battle going on between your ears, you'd begin to worship and magnify God. And it ain't long your storm begins to dissipate. All of a sudden, everything that was giving you problems, and God, it loses its stronghold in your life. Pastor got on a little bit of that during in Sunday school. I tell you something. I'll tell you sometimes when you get to the bottom of the barrel, or when you feel like everything's closing in, it's pretty simple how to get out of it. All you gotta do is just lift up your hands and begin to worship God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm in that house by myself, Sister Edwards, and I can lift up my hands and I can worship. If I wanna be loud, I can get loud. If I wanna weep, I weep. If I wanna dance, I dance. Listen to me. The devil won't stay around you when you start worshiping God. You know why? Because the Word of God said that God dwells among the praises of His people. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I feel like I'm done, Pastor. But I don't feel like God's done. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.